Welcome to Jays Talk, brought to you by your Ontario Honda dealers. Joe Alley and Josh Goldberg here with you as the Blue Jays earned the series split in Minnesota, taking a 5-2 win over the Twins on Sunday afternoon. Alec Manoa getting the win. He allowed six hits, two earned runs, two walks over five and two-thirds. He also mowed down eight batters in this one. So all things considered, Josh, pretty impressive stuff from the rookie despite not finishing the sixth inning. Uh, George Springer got a solo shot as 19th of the year. Danny Jansen hit a three-run jack as well to start us off. And the Blue Jays, Josh, just they got a sorely needed September win at a critical time with now just six games remaining in the regular season, one and a half games back right now, the Yankees. And if the Red Sox take care of business tonight, just a game back after Sunday evening. I think it's probably preferable that it's of the Yankees because you do have three against them and the Red Sox have a a favorable schedule. But either way, it's not a bad place to be with the remaining six games in front of 30,000 at the Rogers Center, raucous crowd, three against the Orioles. You'll take it. You're pretty pleased with that. And we shouldn't, should we really be all that surprised that the Blue Jays did this? You know, the season was on the brink in a lot of ways uh, after Friday, the way that they had been losing games, dropped four or five bats had dried up. And then, you know, just basically picking themselves off, dusting themselves uh, off, picking themselves up rather, and getting the job done and earning a split. You would have loved three of four or a sweep, but considering the way that this series started and the way things were looking, a split is far from a disaster because in every way, shape, and form, this season, the way it was shaping up here over the last week or 10 days, everything was pretty much geared towards this Yankee series. It would have been ideal if you had had a, a bulge in the standings or you were tied, and you might, and, and you're only going to be you know, one back. So yeah, this is what it's going to come down to. You're looking at this series. You got to find a way to take two out of three or sweep a series. And you can't really ask for much more than that. It's not a bad position to be in. You're at home. I think you're the more talented team. I think you're the better team. Now it's time to go out there and continue to prove that the way that you have for the most part against the Yankees this season. So Ben was saying during the broadcast that he heard from some counterparts in New York that uh, it certainly feels like, or certainly sounds like, I should say, that the Yankees have reshuffled their rotation. So if you didn't, if you missed this part of the broadcast, and I'm sure it'll be on Twitter in the in the coming days, but uh, the the rotation for the Yankees it looks like right now, because I, I believe Nestor Cortez Jr. was scheduled to pitch at some point in the three games against the Blue Jays. So now it is going to be Jameson Tyone against uh, Ryu on Tuesday. Garrett Cole against Jose Barrios on Wednesday. That's going to be a fun matchup. And, of course, Corey Kluber against uh, Robbie Ray on Thursday. So that's the uh, coming pitching matchups. And I think, I mean, look, look, Garrett Cole, we've talked a lot about Garrett Cole and his place in the AL Cy Young race. But, I mean, if you, like, I mean, either way, you would have been pretty comfortable if Jose Barrios is the guy on the mound. But that that is going to be an absolutely firecracker of a pitching matchup because you're going to want to see what kind of stuff Barrios has after what he had against these uh, very same twins just a couple days ago. Yeah. And, and Tyone's coming off the IL. He yeah. had some, I, I, I can't recall uh, what the injury was. He had, uh, you know, it was a pain tolerance thing, but he's going to end up, was a partially torn tendon in his right ankle. I, I, I recall it being something around his foot. He pitched well. I think it was in the first game of that series, maybe the second game, seven innings, but he hasn't pitched in what will be three weeks um, when he makes that start on Tuesday. It'll be exactly 21 days since his last start. So I I think he'll be fine in terms of workload, but 
Could there be a bit, little bit of rust, some control issues? I think they probably just wanted to avoid, even though Cortez has been great, lefty against this Blue Jays right-hand heavy lineup. I can understand why you'd want to stack up uh, three right-handed strikeout prone or strikeout heavy rather type of pitcher. So it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, Ryu has been excellent against the Yankees this year. He had four starts, sub two ERA. His velocity was great in the start in the Bronx when he went six shutout his last really good start before uh, a, a kind of, you know, obviously the rough patch against Baltimore and Minnesota. So I, I don't feel as down on that as you probably should considering coming off of the IL and some struggles. You, you got to really look at the opportunity with Ryu Barrios and Ray as pretty advantageous, even facing Cole, you got to like the way it's all sort of, aligned even though you don't have Manoa it's still not a particularly bad spot to be in and I believe that does mean that again you don't want to put the the cart before the horse too much here right but uh I, I do believe that 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 does basically set up Barrios to play a potential game 163 a tiebreaker yeah, game and then and then it would set up Ray for a potential wild card game so that's definitely uh, how the Blue Jays are lining things up right now but of course um, they still have to get through the Yankees and get through that three-game series against the Orioles to wrap up the regular season. You're listening to Jay's Talk, presented by your Ontario Honda dealers. Show and Josh with you for a couple more minutes here. Um, and uh, I think later on tonight, the uh, Yankees-Red Sox game will be on the network. So after we're done, you'll hear the pregame show, and then you will get going on Yankees-Red Sox. Don't forget, you can always text us, 590-590, name and location. We'll get to all of your texts as well. Still time to send those in. We'll step aside, take the break, and get to those texts. Jay's Talk continues after the break on the Sportsnet Radio Network. It's okay to love the Blue Jays as long as you love us more. Swing and a miss to finish the ball game. Toronto Blue Jays baseballs on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk, presented by your Ontario Honda dealers. Show and Josh with you for about 15 more minutes or so. Blue Jays win it 5-2 to two today, so let's get right to the text line, Josh, 595-90. And I see one here. Uh, I, I see a question here from Frank in London. This kind of, we've been talking a lot about the wildcard race, as we will be for the rest of the season, basically. Um, I see uh, Frank wants to know, would it be better for the Red Sox to win tonight to keep the Yanks close? And yeah, I, like, I, would, I would say yes, right? Yeah. I would say yes. I, I know uh, there, look, there is a reality where the Yankees win and you still, you know, take two or three or three or three from the Yankees and it doesn't end up mattering anyways. But I just, you know, for the sake of maybe lowering everyone's blood pressure, yes, I think it would be the safe to say that the Red Sox should win tonight. Yeah, I think that's more advantageous because uh, if you're two back of the Yankees and you take two out of three, you're still one back and you have to make up one game in the final three. And you could easily sweep Baltimore and the Yankees could only take two or three, or maybe they, they even lose that series against the Rays. It's hard to know what's going to happen yeah. in terms of what the Rays are playing for, but you'd rather you'll be able to pass the Yankees in the standings if you're able to win the series. You know, sweeping it is a whole other conversation, but if you can take two out of three, you'd like it to be in a position going into the series where gaining one game in the standings, you know, I guess like ties you up, yeah. which in that sense gives you the edge because you won the season series. So you'd at least get, you know, the, the tiebreaker you'd host uh, a play in game and be in the driver's seat in that position. But I think it's Boston, but like, I'm not going to really work myself into a tizzy anymore because uh, the blue Jays still got to continue playing good baseball here. You'd like to get help if you can, 
but you got to find a way to just continue playing good baseball, finding ways to win. It wasn't particularly pretty today. Manoa really battled uh, the offense did just enough. They weren't exactly tearing the cover off the ball. You know, Vladdy really struggled all weekend and that's got to get rectified starting on Tuesday, but whatever at this point in the season, finding ways to win is all that matters. And they did that the last two days. Absolutely. Yeah. They got uh, the 112th RBI on the year from Teoscar Hernandez, which I believe places him in the top three. I think, uh, I think the only guys above him in the uh, RBI standings at the very least are, are still Salvador Perez and Jose Abreu. Um, yeah, here we go. Here are the lists here. It's it's Perez with 115, Abreu with 113, Teo with 112, Adam Duvall from the Braves with 111, and Matt Olson out in Oakland with 109, and, and Vladdy Jr. is in seventh place with 105. So Teoscar is just an, an RBI machine with that double. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, Danny Jansen. I actually see a text here on the, on the text line, Josh, about Danny Jansen. Uh, we're starting to see why Danny Jansen was a top prospect. I like Kirk, but stay with the hot hand for the Yankees series. That's from Mike and Angus. And yeah, Danny Jansen, of course, hitting a three-run jack earlier today. It's interesting, right? Because you and I have had a lot of conversations about the catching position basically all year, right? We talked about Reese McGuire a chunk when he was hot, uh, Alejandro Kirk when he was hot certainly as well, and now Danny Jansen. It, it does kind of feel like because the Jays are trying to get every single one of these catchers playing time and, you know, George, George Springer being where he was and injured and so on, taking up the DH spot when he's active more often than not, uh, it does, you know, you, you only can get one catcher in at a time. And you certainly, we have seen over the last couple of days, two catchers get in there, McGuire and Kirk or Jansen and Kirk or McGuire and Jansen or whatever the combinations may be. But it does kind of feel like essentially one or two guys of those three guys get a little shafted because even when they're playing well, there's just not always time to squeeze them in into a you know couple of bats here and there. Well, I, I would just kind of remove Reese McGuire from the equation. Guys really, really struggled offensively. Yeah. Doesn't have a home run since the month of June. Like, he shouldn't be playing anymore the rest of the season. Like it was a head scratcher. He played the other night uh, in this series, you know, lefty righty. Enough of that. Like, he just doesn't make you better right now. Danny Jansen that was in a two for 15, had a hit yesterday, hits a three-run homer today. You know me. I've always been, a, let's call it a Danny Jansen truther, a Danny yeah. Jansen apologist. <laughs> right. I've always looked on the bright side or tried to see the virtue of Danny Jansen's skill set. And he's been a quality offensive player since really the end of May. The first two months of the season were dreadful, unequivocally dreadful. Yeah. Nobody is going to deny that. But you know, outside of some injuries, when he's been in the lineup the last couple of months, he's produced offensively and yeah, I know some some people have some issues with some of his receiving and his framing sometimes, but I still think he provides value defensively. And going forward, he's my catcher the rest of the season. Kirk, maybe the odd day here or there, he catches Robbie Ray, obviously, but Kirk's more of a DH mixing in the odd time at catcher. And Danny Jansen is my catcher, especially if Springer can play center field. I think my optimal configuration is Kirk DHing Springer and center and obviously Danny Jansen behind the plate. Yeah, and I don't think that's that necessarily is a, a knock or a diss on Alejandro Kirk by any means, right? The guy is still pretty young. I mean, hell, what, uh, just a, a little over a year ago or just under a year ago, he wasn't even in the majors, basically, right? So I, I think it was, it's it's not that, you know, it's not that you're you're saying, hey, we're giving up on Kirk. It's just, I think right now, yeah, with with six games left in the regular season, you want to reward guys like Danny Jansen who who have started to turn things around a little bit while, while Kirk hopefully figures it out if he does get more playing time 
uh, in that DH spot. And, of course, uh, Danny Jansen, of course, I mentioned before, he had the three-run jack. He spoke to our very own Arash Madani after this ball game. Let's hear how that conversation went on Sportsnet. Well, Danny, the game really came down to that eighth inning when Sano come up, comes up two on, two out in a 5-2 game. Romano had talked about wanting to go more and more with the slider. How much was that the game plan in that spot? Uh, that was absolutely the game plan. His slider was sharp in warm-ups. And, uh, you know, it's one of his pitches. He's got two pitches, and they're both, you know, elite. So uh, we're going to go with what's working that day and what he feels confident with. And, uh, you know, today his whole outing was fastball and slider. But at that particular moment, the slider was the choice. When, when his slider is cooking like that and you know what you have with the heater, how do you decide which way to go? Um, I mean, if the slider's got depth like it did today, you can kind of throw that anytime. I mean, guys are going to gear up for 97, 98, 99. So um, you can kind of use it as a field pitch, especially when he's got the command of the slider. With Manoa today, uh, it was tough out of the gate, and he found a way. What are you discovering about him when it comes to grinding through his start to get to where he needs to be? Talking about a guy that never gives in, man. That guy, he's a competitor. He's a battler. And uh, it seems like, you know, when something happens, it gets a double play, you know, and he works out of it, but it doesn't give in ever. Danny, you were saying for yourself with the home run today that less is more has become such a mantra for yourself. It's not about going to the cage and spending an hour in there taking a million swings. What have you learned about what it takes at the plate to be prepared for an in-game situation? Well, it's having a game plan, and it's sticking to it. You know, and my game plan is to, is to be on time for the fastball, kind of no matter what, and uh, that's what I want to do. So if, and if I see a, a pitch that kind of pops, then I feel like I'm in a good position where I'll be able to hit it. So a split here in Minnesota, which means regardless of what happens in Red Sox-Yankees, a game back going home for the last home stand of the season where this team is 21 and nine since returning to Toronto. What do you think this week is going to be like with the Yankees and Orioles coming up? Oh, it's going to be electric. 30,000 fans now allowed in. And uh, man, that place is loud with 15,000 fans. So I can't wait to see what it's like with 30. And you know, that's our home. And it's been a, a year where we've been so many different places. And now that we're home, you know, we feel confident playing there, playing with our fans and we're ready to go. What kind of jolt does that fan base give you? Oh, huge, everything. You know, I feel like we've been away games throughout the whole year until we got to Toronto, and then it's home games, and it means the world. That's Danny Jansen speaking with Arash Madani after today's 5-2 win on the field. And, yeah, Josh, that's going to feel... Whenever the, the Blue Jays get back home in the wee hours of the morning, probably later tonight, they're going to you know, take the day off, have some rest, and then get ready for I, what I am sure is going to be a raucous crowd at Rogers Center. Basically, the rest of the week. I actually, I think I have the day off on uh, on on Wednesday. You and you and Rob are handling the Wednesday show, so I might I might get some tickets to that uh, yeah, Cole Barrios. I think I'm going to go watch it. Even if I have to convince the uh, the wife to go see it with me, I think I want to go see that game. You think you can uh, sell her on the virtues? of uh, an electric atmosphere in, in a playoff situation, or is it going to be an uphill battle? You know, it might, maybe a slight uphill battle because uh, she's not the biggest sports fan, but I will say I've been describing to her every night after Jay's talk, I get home and I like, oh, well, she, how, how was work, honey? And I tell her how it goes. She's like, oh, I don't know if she, she's either really good at faking being interested or what, but either way, I think I, I think I could sell her on it. So if we can go, uh, I'm going to be at that Cole Barrios game on uh, on Wednesday, but uh you're listening to Jay's Talk presented by your Ontario Honda dealers. Show and Josh with you. After the break, we'll wrap up on your text on the text line 590-590. So Jay's Talk will continue after the break for a couple more minutes on the Sportsnet Radio Network. This is Toronto Blue Jays baseball. If it's fair, we've got a game winner, and it is gone! On Sportsnet 590, the fan. 
Welcome back to J-Stop, presented by your Ontario Honda dealers. Show and Josh with you for a couple more minutes as the Blue Jays win it 5-2 today over the Minnesota Twins at Target Field. They get the series split, now have the day off on Monday, and will look to uh, take care of business against the, against the Yankees and Orioles for the final two series this regular season. So, Josh, let's wrap up on the text line, 595-90. Basil from Toronto, crucial win today. Good outing from Alec. Excellent work from the pen. Glad to see George Springer get into the zone. If the Blue Jays can win the Tuesday game, they'll be in great shape the rest of the series. Going to need Vladdy and Bo to come through. And, yeah, good outing from Alec. I just saw a quote. Alec Manoa, I believe, either finishing or about to finish speaking with the media uh, right now, we only have a couple minutes left, so we won't play that for you. But the big uh, pull quote, I'll say, from our own Ben Nicholson Smith saying that uh, Alec Manoa saying to the press, we think we're the best team in baseball. So uh, you certainly can't say that wow. Alec Manoa or the rest of the team uh, wow. lacks for confidence. That's I, I you know, I love that, man. I, I understand that a lot of people will see that and roll their eyes. You're not in the playoffs. You're in fourth place in the division. I understand that. And, and that's fair. But. Like I like a little bit of bravado and yeah. a little bit of pizzazz and a little bit of self-belief and some swagger and some confidence, cockiness. It's good with me. They're a talented team. They believe that they're a talented team. There's a lot of internal belief within that clubhouse. And you're going to need that because you got a hill to climb. It may not be an insurmountable hill or anything approaching an insurmountable hill, but that level of self-belief and confidence and swagger should serve you well in a big spot like we're going to see here with the three games against the Yankees. Alec Mano is a folk hero already in this city, <laughs> just beloved by this entire fan base, has done just such a beautiful job endearing himself to yeah. fans young and old uh, and just a, a man or woman unbelievable job and another really good start from him today you know he battled command early on hit a couple of pitchers as he's wont to do but his uh, slider was excellent he had some good change-ups to lefties uh, in the in the first inning I think it was Kepler he got with a couple of good change-ups yeah. made Josh Donaldson look foolish a couple of times he clearly has a, a real chip on his shoulder every time he takes the ball and the sky is the limit, man. He's going to author some incredible moments, I think, as a Blue Jay. Is there like is there a major league comparison you think of when you think of Alc Manoa? Because honestly, I've been trying to think of who I, in my head who I can say, oh, he's like player X or player Y or player Z. I, honestly, he's so unique. I I might say that there there is nobody at this point. Yeah, I'd have to think about that. Let's let's circle back on that big body. You know, yeah, he's going to be able yeah. to throw a lot of innings, can miss some bats. Like maybe he'll morph into a right-handed CC Sabathia. Wouldn't that be Ooh, great? That'd be nice. There you go. Always good stuff from Josh Goldberg then. Uh, the CC Sabathia maybe comparison, right? He and I will be back later this week for some Jays Yankees edition of Jay Stock. But you've been listening to Blue Jays baseball powered by Jack Links. Send hunger down to the miners and feed your wild side. Jays have the day off tomorrow after a 5-2 win today. For Tom, Ben, Kyle, Josh, I'm Show. Have a great afternoon, everyone. We'll talk to you on Tuesday.